the plans of God are not always safe. And they will sometimes lead us into dangerous places, but they are still good. Can somebody say amen? As a missionary, I've traveled all over the world. I've been to some pretty scary places. Sometimes they're dangerous. Sometimes they're unsafe. But missionaries do it every day. The early explorers do it every day. The early believers, they entered into unsafe places. Many believers over the years have lost their lives because they were willing to follow their faith into unsafe places. Look at me today, church. Just like with Mary, just like with Joseph, just like with the Chronicles of Narnia, being a Christian is not the safest thing to be, especially in the hour we live. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. You know, as your pastor, I, I do a lot of thinking. Every week I, I think about the way to bring you something that is, that is miraculous yet relevant. Because the truth is, in your life and mine, we need both. We live in such a mundane, and if I can use it very sparingly, static world. Everything is just what it is. Matter of fact, I've used a phrase, and I don't know where I heard it. If, where It is what it is. Sadly, that's how much of our life has become. And I wonder if I can take you back 2,000 years and ask that question, Mary, did you know? But as an addendum to that question, I would ask also that the whole world was about to change. The song makes that declaration, do you know? But I want to declare to you the truth of the matter. No, Mary did not know that by accepting God's plan, she was going to face and go through all that she would. Would she have responded differently? As our readers so wonderfully declared the message, it almost destroyed a young couple. The miraculous, the mysterious, yet for our sake, the necessary. 
Would she have declined? Think about it, ladies, just from your perspective. An angel showed up. Would you have accepted? Would you have declined? Would she have said, I cannot do this? Because you see, it's so much more than just the babe in Bethlehem every single day of our life. God is asking us to do things that we've never done, to go places we've never been, to see things we've never seen, that we can fulfill things that only God had planned for your life. Let me take you to the very familiar story, Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary, She was engaged to be married to a young man named Joseph, the descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. I wonder if you would underline that in your notes. Greetings, favored. And then I want you to cross out woman and put your name. Because by the end of this message, I pray that you see how favored you are before God. How much that God loved you and loved me. He continued to say, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid. And then Mary, the angel told her, You have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People would say she was barren, but she has conceived a son. And she is now in her sixth month. And the word of the Lord will never fail. And listen to Mary's response because I want you to underline it. I am your Lord's servant. May everything that he said come true. Gabriel left. Say, Pastor, why did I underline those two things? Because you are highly favored before the Lord and you are his servant. And God wants us to understand That when you gave your life to Christ, your entire world was about to change, just like Mary's. I shared a few moments ago that I say Christmas, I sing Christmas songs, I I do all kinds. Why? Christmas isn't a day to me. It's a life change. No, I'm not quite redneck enough to where I'm going to leave my Christmas lights up all year long. Her whole world was about to change. But look at Mary's response. Unlike Zechariah, who the Lord had appeared to him about the birth of John, 
and told him miraculous things, the Bible says that, that Zechariah just, he kind of lost it. He was afraid. He was terrified. Mary is just like a young girl. Oh, cool. Angel's here. She's very subdued, a teenage girl. She wasn't terrified. She seemed more questioning of the angel than a, being afraid of his parents. And the angel shared good news with Mary. She said, the angel said, Mary, you're highly favored. You're chosen of God. That the Lord was with her. What we have to understand is Mary most certainly needed to know that the Lord was with her. Do you know why? Because she was about to face things that she had never faced, do things that she had never done, and see things that she had never seen. And if God wasn't with her, it would have been totally impossible. Can you say amen? You see, that's the same with your life and mine. God wants to do things he's never done, and that we could see things we've never seen, that we could be what we've never been. But we have to come to a place of understanding he is with us 24 7 365. She needed to know what was going to happen was all part of God's eternal plan, which is why he told her, and I want you to underline this in your notes, not to be afraid. I want you to look at me today. All over this building, take your eyes off your notes. If you are saved and living for God, I'm not talking about living in sin. I'm not talking about doing your own thing, but I'm talking about saved, living for God, searching God with all your heart. Good or bad, right or wrong, up or down, you're exactly where God wants you to be right now. You say, well, Pastor, I'm in the midst of hell. Welcome to your new zip code. Because you see, good or bad, right or wrong, up or down, God has us right where he has us when we make the simple statement, I am the Lord's servant. Am I making sense today? As the readers were going through, Mary was trying to explain the unexplainable to Joseph. I'm pregnant. Joseph immediately responded as any man would respond. That's nuts. I know there's only one way for this to happen. And then Mary immediately starts saying, but you don't understand. I didn't understand. But the angel appeared. The angel showed me. And now I know that what he said is true. And she tried to help Joseph to understand. But listen to me. Sometimes God himself has to show up to help us understand. God sent Gabriel to Joseph's house already. Mary's life in the world was about to change forever. And this is never an easy thing to handle. Let me explain. Generally, change is hard. Even positive change, though generally welcomed, can be difficult. We get a better job. We have an improvement of some kind in our life. Even then, it comes with a certain difficulty. Getting used to new things takes time. Getting married, it is a wonderful blessing. Until you realize you got to give up half your bed. I mean, you got somebody else moving in and changing around your closet. 
When my wife and I first met, if you've been to my house and you see my side of the closet, it's very meticulous. I get a joke from my wife and my daughter that I must take a tape measure out and put all my shirts exactly, all of my pants exact. Well, the problem is that she moved into half my closet. And she doesn't put things as meticulous as me. Why? Because she irons everything before she puts it on. So when you do that, you can just kind of throw stuff in there. I told her God's going to make my dream come true and I'm going to have my own closet one day. You say, Pastor, are you some kind of neat nick or something? Could be worse. But getting married is wonderful, but you've got to give up half of everything. It's a welcome change, but it is a change that gets, takes getting used to. Picture Mary's changes. She's engaged to Joseph, going to be married. But I want you to break something down for just a second. Understand that in biblical time, betrothal was as if she was married already. To break a betrothal was the same as divorce. If you remember the story as it unfolds, Joseph decided to divorce her or put her away quietly, not to make a spectacle of her. But think about it. An angel shows up, tells her she's going to have a baby. Mary's whole world is going to change because she is now pregnant. She seemed to embrace the thought well, But the angel told her, don't be afraid. Why did the angel tell her that? Ladies and gentlemen, when we give our lives to Christ, when Jesus becomes the greatest gift of Christmas or any other day, it comes with a disclaimer, do not be afraid. Because you and I will go through things that we have never gone through in our lives. I remember when I first got saved, I was, I was living in a city, and, and my name had become very popular. I was, I was played in the biggest nightclub in town, and, and whenever I, claimed, I came to town to play music, man, the places was packed. All the rest of the clubs literally would almost close their doors. When I got saved, it was a big deal. They did a newspaper article, half-page newspaper article. He Walked away. He gave up everything. I had friends of mine come to me that I had known almost my entire life and asked me, is this what I read in this paper true? And I said, yes, it is. And they said, well, today it's as if we never knew you. I had so many people left because they couldn't understand. My whole world changed. God said, don't be afraid, though. Being pregnant out of wedlock, today, it's shameful. Then, it was disgraceful. Today, it's sad. Then, it's considered sinful. Mary's plans for her life and for her family were changed forever by the announcement that she was going to have a baby. And if the news that she was going to have a baby isn't life-changing enough, consider the fact that it was impossible because she was a virgin. Okay, there's a, a check that she's having a baby out of wedlock. That's a shock. But the bigger shock is that 
it is impossible for her to have a baby. There was nothing called immaculate conception back in that day. It was impossible for her to even be pregnant. And the biggest shock of all, which is the main point of the entire story that we shared this morning, that the Bible records, is that she was pregnant with the Son of God. See, this is what Joseph had to deal with. Not only was she making a claim that seemed so far-fetched, but then she says, it's God's Son. Think about how your husband would take it. Think about, think about how anybody would take it when you tell them, I'm a Christian. Am I making sense today? What happens on your job when all of a sudden you are the life of the party? Now you're the light turned off in the party. What, what happens? Everything you know changes. Mary's life was changed. Did she know the big picture? See, Joseph's issues, Mary's issues, was not just about Jesus coming to earth. Mary's plans weren't being changed just for the sake of change. It wasn't a whim. Mary's plans were being changed for the greater good of all humanity. And it was not 100% pleasant, though it was very, very good. Let me take you back to your childhood. Some of you, my childhood, there was a very famous writer by the name of C.S. Lewis. Some of us have read his entire compilation of works. Some of us have only read seven books in a compilation called The Chronicles of Narnia. I remember the books. If you don't remember the book a few years ago, we might remember the movie. Came out and The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It took C.S. Lewis almost a decade to write. It was not finished until 1949, not published until the 50s. And then it took the world by storm. In the Chronicles of Narnia, if I could take you into that in chapter 8 of that wonderful book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, there was a statement made. The King Aslan was returning to Narnia to set the world right. And it was said, these words, The wrong will be right when Aslan comes to sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrow will be no more. When he bears his teeth, winter death it will meet. And when he shakes his mane, we shall have spring again. But then it was followed as the conversation went on. Is he dangerous? Speaking of Aslan. And the response came, yes, he is. Even a tame lion is not safe. But understand, though not safe, Aslan is still good. Let me bring that to your life as I bring it to Joseph and Mary's life. You see, this was the picture of God's plan for Joseph and for Mary and for you and I. 
the plans of God are not always safe. And they will sometimes lead us into dangerous places, but they are still good. Can somebody say amen? As a missionary, I've traveled all over the world. I've been to some pretty scary places. The first time I took my wife to Africa, I told Pastor Philemon, I don't think we need to put her where we usually stay. So we got a nicer place when she came. Matter of fact, it was the nicest place in Nairobi because I didn't want to give her a bad image. The next time we go, she'll stay in the same place I stay. Love you, honey. Sometimes they're dangerous. Sometimes they're unsafe. But missionaries do it every day. The early explorers do it every day. The early believers, they entered into unsafe places. Many believers over the years have lost their lives because they were willing to follow their faith into unsafe places. Look at me today, church. Just like with Mary, just like with Joseph, just like with the Chronicles of Narnia, Being a Christian is not the safest thing to be, especially in the hour we live. I'm going to Israel here in two or three weeks, but I'll be going to some places that the normal tourist, which I'm not going as a tourist, I'm going to understand the military. I'm going to understand what's actually happening with Palestine and what's actually happened with Israel and hopefully by God's grace when I come back and tell you. But I have had several people in this church, not a few, come up to me, Pastor, is it really the best time to go to Israel? If God is with me, it is. If we think following God's plan will always lead us to green pastures and besides still waters... We are in for a shock. Being a Christian is not always safe. Am I making any sense today? Yet, though dangerous and at times unsafe, it is still the best thing to happen in your life. You see, ultimately, God's plan for Mary's life, God's plan for Joseph's life, God's plan for your life and mine is good. She was favored, and the Lord was with her. A story that I've shared for years, and a pastor that we went to a conference recently re-spoke it and shared it very well about the time when Jesus and the disciples had just finished feeding the 5,000, and Jesus told the disciples, I'm going to go pray get in the boat and go to the other side. Well, we know the story. Jesus went to the mountaintop and the disciples got in the boat and out in the middle of the boat, out in the middle of the ocean, what happened? A storm breaks loose, the Sea of Galilee. The waves are tossing the boat. The disciples think they're going to die. They don't have a clue. But I want to take you to a place there in the book of Matthew. The Bible says that Jesus was on the shore And his eye was watching him. Can I tell you something? You might be in a dangerous place. You might be in a fearful place. You might be in a place of insecurity and uncertainty. But I'll tell you right now, his eye is still watching you. The Bible tells us that Jesus came walking to them on the water. They feared that it was a ghost. Well, Jesus quelled their their fears very quickly. 
And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And we know that he's the only other disciple, the only other person in history that we know of that actually walked on the water besides Jesus. But even though it was in the presence of the master, the master said, come, as Peter said, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come. How many of us said, Lord, if it's you, change this situation? But you know what God did? Jesus said, come. He took him right out into the middle of the situation, right out into the middle of the storm, and he walked on the water. He got out of everything he knew to do everything he never did. He got out of everything he saw to see something he'd never seen. He got out of what he had been to become something he had never become. He stepped out of the boat and walked on the water. But then what happened? He took his eyes off of Jesus. Just like some of us when the storm's beating on us. When the troubles are all around us. Just like Joseph, just like Mary. Joseph was having a hard time. I don't get this. I don't understand this. Mary is over here pleading with them. Joseph, please, please, I need you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's at those times when we don't understand we need Jesus more. Bible says he starts sinking because he took his eyes. Immediately Jesus took him, put him into the boat, and then he spoke these words, peace, be still. And listen to the rest of the story. It's not in your notes. You can look it up in the Bible. Matthew and Luke and Mark record it. Immediately they were at their destination. You see, when Jesus comes in your boat, I don't care how big the storm is, immediately you'll find your peace. But there's something I want to say that the disciples should have done in the midst of that thing. Instead of crying out, instead of saying, Master, do you not care? Or instead of you know, thinking they were going to perish, they needed to remember the very last words that Jesus said. Get in the boat and go to the other side. No place did he say to get in the boat and die. So look at me. When you gave your life to Christ, He said, I never promised you smooth sailing, just a safe landing. He will get you to the other side. Can somebody say amen? The picture that we see, their plan for their lives was ultimately good. We find this recorded in Luke chapter 1 in a passage that we call the Magnificent. Or the Magnificent. It literally means Mary's song or my soul magnifies. Let me read it to you. She had just come to, Mar- to Elizabeth to visit her. Remember what the passage tells us, that Elizabeth in her old age had conceived, and we know that the person conceived was John, who later became the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. And look at the last words that, Mary, that Elizabeth tells to Mary in the 45th verse. It's not in your notes, but please look on there. I started your notes at the 46th verse, but I added this last night as I was studying through. Blessed is she who believed. Blessed is she 
who believed. And the Magnificat goes on, and Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. The Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Do you hear that? His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Can I say that again? His mercy extends to those who fear Him. He has performed mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the inmost thoughts, and He has brought down the rulers from their thrones and have lifted up the humble. Do you see what God says? For those who would just believe, He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel. Remembering to be merciful to Abraham, the descendants forever, his promised ancestors. I think Mary was a little excited about God's plan, even though it was the most fearful, tumultuous thing she's ever faced. She took the angel's words to heart when he said, don't be afraid. And if you could write this in your notes, I want to tell you something about Mary. Did Mary know? No. But write this down. Though Mary didn't know everything, she knew the thing. God was with her. I have just a few more minutes. Mary didn't know everything, but she knew all she needed to know. God was with her. This is why when Jesus was born in Luke 2, the words of Simeon came to Mary, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, and he will be a joy yet to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, and many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And listen to the words that Mary heard that immediately took her mind back to not be afraid. And the sword will pierce your very soul. You see, Simeon knew Mary was going to face a rough time being the mother of the Son of God. Think about it. Think about it. Mary, did you know? I've had people say, Pastor, living a Christian life is not easy. I tell them, yes. It's actually impossible. Except God's with you. It's impossible for this flesh to be under control lest God is with you. The last thing I want to talk about this morning for just a moment. God's plan is not always our plan, but it is still the best plan. From Genesis to Revelation, I put a bunch of scriptures in there. I I started to go nuts, and I was just going to have a half a page of scriptures for you to read, but I just left a few. I want you to go look at these scriptures, because from Genesis to Revelation, almost as many regarding the, the Savior, the Messiah, was about a suffering Messiah as there were about a kingly 
Messiah. The people were excited about the Messiah coming to rule, but they didn't piece together that the Messiah was first coming to suffer before he was going to rule. And you can look up some scriptures that I left in your notes. See, this is the sword that was going to pierce Mary's heart. She was going to watch her son go through things that he'd never gone through, that they had never gone through, that the world had never gone through, and know that she couldn't do anything about it. You see, the Bible teaches that Mary was suffering on the delivery end, but Jesus was going to suffer on the delivering end. And she would see it. Is it safe? No. Is all of this pleasant? No. But it was, and it is, good. It was good that Jesus suffered because it was through his suffering that you and I were made righteous and found forgiveness. The angel told Mary not to fear God's plans for her life. Don't be afraid of how God will do this, the angel said. Gabriel told her, God will be with you always. In Matthew 28, Jesus said these words, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. A lot of people have read that and they said, I wonder why he didn't say the end of the world. Because the world's not going to end. Just the age. Oh, God's going to redo the earth. New heaven, new earth. going to be a pretty cool thing. I was talking to somebody a few months ago. And, uh, and they were talking about, uh, who was it? Somebody. Robert. That's who it was. I'm putting you on the spot, Robert. Robert Franklin. Said, me and Teresa sure like to get to, to Montana before the rapture. And I told him, I said, well, maybe you go to Montana after the rapture. And he immediately probably thought I was referring to him not making the rapture. No, God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. So I think Montana is going to be intact after the rapture. And I think we're going to be able to see Montana. I think we're going to be able to see the earth and all of the universe that God created. Say, Pastor, can you give me chapter and verse on that? I can give you a new heaven and a new earth. The rest of it, God didn't give me permission to see yet. Don't be afraid, he told Mary. God has plans for your life. Don't be afraid. His plans are changing your plans. Many, many years ago, we, most people in this room experienced what we call now 9-11. September 1st, one of the greatest terrorist attacks on the soil of America. Lisa Beamer, who was the wife of the now hero, Todd Beamer, who was the lead of the insurgent, if you will, that took down the plane headed to the capital over Shankville, Pennsylvania. His famous last words as he was talking to his wife on the phone, he told her, honey, I got to go. And then before the phone hung up, she heard the words, 
that he was famous for. Let's roll. Many have heard the story. She reflects in a book that she wrote on the loss and said, slowly I began to understand that God's plans for us don't just include good things. But the whole array of human events, the prospering he talks about in the book of Jeremiah is often the outcome of a bad event. Lisa Beamer, Todd's wife, said, I remember my mom saying that many people look for miracles, things that in their human minds fix the situation. But many miracles, however, are not a change to the normal course of human events. They're found in God's ability and desire to sustain and nurture people through even the worst situations. Somewhere along the way, Lisa goes on to say, I stopped demanding that God fix the problems in my life and started to be thankful for his presence as I endured them. In the story by our readers as our worship team comes, Joseph couldn't grab a hold of this thing. Mary really wasn't perplexed by it much. But Joseph was having a hard time. So difficult a time Joseph was having that God had to send Gabriel to his house too to settle him. There's times in our lives that the things we face, the things we go through, we just don't get too settled in. And we ask those questions. If God is with me, how could this be happening? Anybody besides me ask that question? Let me encourage you. He is with you every step of the way. And he will get you to the other side. He just said, don't be afraid. In Joshua chapter 1, I don't expect you to read it right now, but the first 10 verses, 10 chapters, are tremendous encouragements to Joshua's life. God starts out chapter 1, verse 1, with these words. Joshua, Moses is dead. Well, that's great. Newsflash, I knew that, God. Where's my encouragement? And God says these words, as I was with him, I will be with you. Every place you set your feet, I'll give you. Every place you lay your hand, you will take. Listen to me, please, this morning. What of your plans does God seem to be changing? What is not turning out the way you want it? What is God leading you to do that you just don't want to do? What is happening that you don't know if you have the courage to face or even handle? Did Mary really know what she was getting into? But I'll tell you the same words that Gabriel told Mary that day. Do not be afraid. Things may not turn out the way you wanted or expected. But if you will let God do His thing, things will turn out good. And they will turn out for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Maybe not safe, maybe not easy, but good. 
Are you listening to me? His plans for your life are to be prosperous. But that doesn't include no pain along the way. And no, that doesn't mean your bank account overflowing. Prosperity is living in the peace of God in the midst of situation and circumstance. That could have so many other things as a part of it. You mean finances are not part of prosperity? They could be. But they may not be. But God's peace always is. God never told us that peace was the absence of problems. He said in this world, you're going to have problems. But in me, you're going to have peace. Because I have overcome the world. The angel said, do not fear. Maybe you're here today. And you're thinking about a new job, a new career, a new home. You're not sure what the future holds, but you're trying hard to hold on to the one who holds the future. Maybe you're fearing loneliness, failure. What is it that like this little teenage girl, most believe she is probably 13, 14, she might have even been 12. They were married young in those days. Don't know for sure. I wasn't there. But I can guarantee Mary had some questions. She had some fear. What about you today? What about you? Brandon, do you know? Sandy, do you know? Jerry, Jeremiah, do you know? Mary didn't. She knew she could trust God. She knew. Bill and Kylie, that no matter where you've been, he'll get you where you're going. Just don't be afraid. Because it'll be rough and rocky. It's like you, Kelly. Where are you at? Oh, you left. I saw her earlier. Fears, concerns. Say, well, Pastor, we're not going to know everything, but we're going to know the thing. He is with me. He is with me. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.